0: Cold open question of the day, my guy, Brendan Clean, Marc Gasol, former Grizzly, title winner with the Raptors, former Laker, Spain legend, has officially announced his retirement from professional basketball at 39. He's obviously been out of the NBA for a little bit now, but he's officially retired. What to you is your favorite or most memorable or image or something, what do you you think of Marcus Gasol, what sticks out to you? What what pops into your head?
1: I think a lot of people will say, and I certainly wouldn't have any problem with, the 2019 Raptors Championship. That is uh, an easy answer, Chris, but I'm gonna go a little bit um, off the beaten path here to a game that I attended in 2017 Mm. when Gasol was still a Memphis Grizzly. Very personal to me. This game did not matter in NBA history whatsoever. It was a regular season game during the dog days of the Suns being awful and everybody thinking Devin Booker was trash. But what happened in this game is that the Suns won it on an inbounds pass with .6 seconds left from the sideline over the basket where Tyson Chandler, back when he was a son, if anybody even remembers that that happened, mm. alley dunk as time expires. Basically, one of the only ways they were even going to get a shot off. And Marcus was the inbound defender. Dragan Bender, former top five overall pick, Dragan Bender, was the passer, the inbound passer. Gasol's arm stretched out. And Tyson Chandler dunking on, I believe, uh, Tayshon Prince's head? Is, is the face I'm seeing as I rewatch this highlight, and I'm assuming that, that my memory serves me correctly, and that is indeed his face. I obviously know he was a Grizzly. That's my memory of Marcus Sol, just because it was one of the first games I ever remember covering, and uh, a rule that I didn't necessarily fully know that you could even do that, and Tyson Chandler did it. You don't have to have the ball not over the top of the hoop if it's from an inbound. So you can do the FIBA straight over basket interference stuff if it is an inbounds pass. I learned that that night, and uh, Marcus Saul unfortunately, was not able to tip that inbounds pass, and the Grizzlies lost.
0: That is very fun. I love that for you. I love in-person memories for these things because seeing these guys in person is something that it's very easy to take for granted, but you shouldn't. And getting to see them just do something cool on a random night, I think is oftentimes... What speaks to their brilliance in a lot of ways. So I, I love your answer. I have two. One is kind of an impersonal. I, I covered a Cavs preseason game in Columbus uh, one year when LeBron was back, and I drove up from when I was going to school in southeast Ohio and walked through the tunnel, and I've never felt smaller height-wise in my life than walking by Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all are huge. And that just stuck in my head. Actually, I didn't say that. It was
1: just in in my head. But Marcus Gasol. Who's your current champion of the holy shit, you're tall belt Uh, in the NBA? Well, okay. Thank you for listing the tallest player in the NBA. I mean, the guy that maybe kind of surprises you. (laughs) Like the person you were kind of like, whoa, I didn't quite think I'd be cowering beneath your shadow, but here we are. Vic, you know it. That's literally the first thing on the bullet points it's of Victor st- Wimbanyama.
0: It still just kind of caught me off guard, not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It still just mm-hmm. really caught me because he's just so big and weird and
1: huge. That's fine. That's if that's your answer, that's your answer. I'm not, I'm not denying you your truth, but what is your other Gasol memory?
0: It's the Raptors title win. I mean, he was so good. Like Kawhi is the headliner of that title team and, and everything that came together after getting him. They're not winning the title unless they get Marcus Gasol, Unless they make the in-season trade to go get him, they bring him in in February for a trade. This is this is all it costs the Raptors to get, get C.J. Miles in 20 er, excuse me to get Marcus in 2019. C.J. Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, and a 2024 second-round pick. He ends up becoming a starter on that team after initially coming off the bench. He helped the wrap. His passing on that team was unbelievable. To help juice that offense, helps them make the finals. They win the finals. He becomes the first set of brothers, him and Pau, to be to win title, to both win titles. He was just so good during that last run, where it clearly had just ended in Memphis. It had clearly just not gotten to to the peak of that grit and grind era. McConley was gone, and Zebo and. It wasn't the same thing anymore. But he goes somewhere else and he has all this juice and his brilliance elevated that Raptors team to a way that they're just not winning the title unless they make that trade for, for Marc Gasol.
1: Absolutely. Fun, fun memory. One of those guys that you wanted to get one and cool that he was able to adapt and adjust and get over the hump. And we'll all just choose to ignore that final Lakers season. It just didn't happen.
0: No, also just like weird time in the world uh, that that happened, and the vibes were never quite right. there. also just love that he went back and played in Spain for a couple of years to end his career, not even for a huge team, a team that he actually founded mm-hmm. which is just like a cool little trivia note for him that he he was the CEO um, of a of a club he founded. They get promoted at a certain point. he's finished at a professional career they're playing back at home. Via on a on a roster right now that isn't doesn't has a lot of guys, Brennan, that don't even have like Wikipedia pages. It's just like a, a club that he founded back in his home country. Like there's something very cool about that. It's like Ike Iribagu, who played for Washington State, um, is on that team in in the G League a little bit. You have like some random guys like Eve Pons is on that team. Former Memphis Grizzly, Eve Pons is is on that team. But it's just like a team he founded, and it's, he just kind of went out his own way, which I think is also something about him. Because he was kind of always his own guy. I, I think that he may have been the most himself-in-his-skin player we had in the league for a long time, based on everything you read about him and, and the character and his, at times, surliness, I think, kind of being Marcus Hall.
1: For sure. All right.
0: Yeah, Lakers season never happened. All right, coming up on today's show... We've got a little bit of trade deadline slop. A certain name is back in the trade slop and being rumored for multiple first-round picks again. I can't believe we're here again. Joel Embiid leaves the game with an injury. What does it mean for his MVP? What does it say about the NBA 65 game rule? And we're going to pick our all-star teams. That's all coming up today on The Just Basketball Show. Oh! A Big body in front of you. Try to look he, it out of your ball. he puts it down he puts it down it's over and to save- welcome in I'm Chris Manning that is Brendan Clean if you haven't already follow the Just Basketball Show your twice weekly NBA show on your podcast app platform of choice five star reviews only you need to subscribe on the Just Basketball Fans YouTube channel as well. And got to tell you about our friends at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is a player prop DFS platform where you can pick more or less on your favorite players across multiple sports, including the NBA and the NFL. Sign up today with our code Just Basketball, and Thrive will match your first deposit up to $250. Brendan, let's start today's show with some Houston Rockets trade slap, courtesy of Kelly Eiko, Shams Strania, and Sam Amick over at The Athletic. A lot you could go in there in this piece. The fact they're looking at another center to me, I find quite weird. We could talk about that if you'd like to. But there's this line that I'm going to read. And this tells me that we are so, so, so back in NBA trade season. I'm pounding the table in excitement over this because I, I can't believe we're here again. Houston, quote, Houston has made an offer, including multiple first-round picks for Mikael Bridges in recent weeks, but the Nets have shown zero interest in any deal involving Bridges, who is part of Brooklyn's core moving forward. Brendan, once again, Mikael Bridges being reportedly sought after for multiple first-round picks from other teams. We're going to get this every year until he's like 95 years old at this point. I I love that this is just a bit now.
1: So here's the thing. I'm probably gonna do a TikTok on this soon because I don't think it's getting enough attention when we're talking about buyers and sellers. And it's going to be the w- this way for a-, a while in the NBA. You can follow us uh, on TikTok at uh, JustBasketballFans, but the Nets don't have their pick. And actually the Rockets have their pick. So, <laughs> There, that's just not happening. Uh, for that exact reason, the Nets would be getting worse, and then not only sending bridges to the Rockets, but also sending their pick, which would get better, to the Rockets. Uh, that that is a double whammy that the Nets would not want to touch with the ten foot pole. So, no, uh, I do not think that the the Rockets are going to be the team to convince Josiah and Sean Marks to to give up potentially the. Player on the best contract in the entire NBA. So I think that's why Bridges is not going to be traded anywhere because they don't want to be bad enough. In fact, I think we should be ready for maybe some buying and selling on the part of the Nets. But as far as Bridges goes, this doesn't surprise, it shouldn't surprise anybody. I think I mentioned on the podcast a while back when he came up or when the team came up that they are doing him and they are doing their players no favors by the way that they've built this roster out i think i teased a let's put tyus jones in brooklyn trade when we were talking about our teams that should make trades simply because everybody is having to do much more on offense than they ever should have to do and so if i were the nets tell houston to go f itself get a point guard on this team Try to win as much as you can down the stretch. Chase the play in. Why not? You don't have your first round pick anyway. And see what you can do over the offseason to replenish and, and restock your roster. And make it make more sense so that you're not stuck in purgatory for another season. I'm, I'm I'm done with the get rid of bridges. I'm done with everything. Fire Jacques Vaughn. I think that dude's a really good coach. Yeah. The Nets The Nets are the problem right now. Not uh, any of their players or, or anything else. So no. No to all of this.
0: The the other kind of interesting nugget here is the one I mentioned before, which is just the the part about them wanting to maybe trade for a center, and I don't really understand this either. I don't understand what the need for a center is in Houston when you have Alper and Sangoon. What is the need for a center when you have a budding all star center already? To me, is that the question. Now you could look at you could look at. Depth and it, the names are sort of interesting because the, the there's a variation of names that they're keeping tabs on based on this story: Kelly O'Linick, Clint Capella, former Rocket Clint Capella, Andre Drummond, and Robert Williams III. Conceivably, yeah. all of them could be backups. Is because kind of real Capella is I think a higher price-wise end of a backup, and there's also not really connecting skills among these guys either, which doesn't make sense to me.
1: Is well, that's what's funny. Thing? If you read the, the yeah. paragraph in there, right? It says the Rockets are exploring the center market, looking to bolster their rim protection. And then the first name listed is Kelly Olenek.
0: Yeah, and it's like that's not a rim protector. Andre Drummond is not a rim protector.
1: Andre Drummond can... I mean, eat he is for you and... more than anything else he does. That's probably like what sure. you would put on the resume first if you're uh, his uh, business manager, but he's not. But that's to your point, right? He's like a, a bottom... A, a bargain bin guy and these other dudes are like have been starters so it yeah, is a little and like weird
0: the, and then robert williams is obviously someone doka has a connection with so maybe there's some of that and and that's kind of where that comes from but he's out with injury and like i if i remember correctly he's not going to play the season due to injury so like you're buying this most for likely next season yeah. And which is sort of like the anti, it's like doesn't fall in line with the rest of this piece that the Rockets and Yudoka in particular wants to make a playoff push right now. Williams is to me actually the name, Brandon, that I actually like for this team in some ways because I think cost wise it's not super high. And you could, I think, find a way to play him and Singun together at times. And I think based on his health, that's a guy you could, it might be smart to just make him a 20, 20 minute a game wrecking ball. And make him like a really good bench piece for you and really manage him and kind of release him in controlled waves right that to me would
1: make some sense more than these other names on this list he makes sense for exactly that reason and it's it's, dates back even longer than than just this article or this deadline right this is a team that heavily aggressively pursued brooke lopez and that became kind of a of a meme because the Bucks had to pony up and the Rockets were so thrown off. And then they give this huge, weird, only one year guaranteed contract to Jock Landale from Phoenix out of nowhere as their backup. But he's actually a backup where again, as you said, Brook Lopez would not be. And so I'm not sure what they think the best fit next to Alperen Sengun is. But it seems to be very different than what most people would think. And you're not going to acquire a Clint Capella, even if his contract does go away soon and you can maybe have him on a more reasonable salary. He's probably overpaid for his production right now. Maybe he goes into a, you know, Drummond, Robert Williams type of, of slot eventually. And, and these guys can become your backup. But right now, some of these names are players that would almost have to play next to Shen Goon because of how much you're paying them and and what they're, they're kind of role would dictate in the NBA. So they seem to think that they need to play two bigs next to Shen You've heard Udoka say outright, Alperin Shen is not a, a rim protector. I think that was a quote that came out from him recently. And I might agree with that, but it's also what your team is built around. So you don't hear Michael Malone saying, yeah, Joker is not a rim protector. So our defense is kind of fucked. Like that it doesn't really, it's just a, it is a strange thing, but you mentioned Emodoka. I just mentioned Emodoka. That is the part of this article that I uh, focused on, Chris. Mm. Can we cut it out with the acting like this dude is uh, the next John Wooden? They make it seem like he's the only guy in the Rockets organization that had ever heard of the phrase winning games. They're like yeah. this this guy arrived and he just wanted to win. It's like, well, yeah, I think they all wanted to win. They just couldn't before. I mean, he's a great coach. I think he deserves a lot of credit, but literally this line is in here. Udoka's appetite for winning is strong, hailing from the school of Greg Popovich and carrying that approach in Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Boston. Now, I'm not trying to attack the people who wrote the article, but that's hilarious. What is the approach that's being referenced in that line? Winning games? His approach is winning? it's just hilarious that like it's such a puff piece for this dude as if he's the only guy who's ever won basketball games as a head coach yeah we've kind of gotten past the point where we get descriptors with some of this sometimes you just guys just kind of have
0: reputations of what they do and therefore that's like what they are and i i find that silly like
1: describe it his approach is wanting to win so he's one of 30 coaches who could be described that way
0: yeah uh i don't like i don't I don't think like Wes Unseld Jr. is like trying to not win. I don't think the problem with the Wizards is that he doesn't want to win basketball games. You know what I mean? I, I I don't think um why am I blanking on his name? Steve Clifford is like you know what? I just didn't want to win this year. That's why the the Hornets are so bad.
1: You know? No, his was the exact opposite. Did you see that viral quote from him of I, I he got did. challenged by Terry Rozier and he was like, "We're not coming in here, with this and that." I'm like, okay, well. Then there's the other side of it where it's like if you go too far talking about how actually even though you're losing, you do want to win, it actually kind of digs yourself a bigger hole where it's like, well, then do it. But, yeah. I uh, I just thought the Odoka thing was kind of funny. It's like as I've argued, I think Houston needs to maybe tread a little bit carefully. Mm-hmm. I think skipping steps is a big risk in the NBA, and if you just get good enough very fast, that doesn't always pan out as well as it might seem the first season where you do that, you know? What, what steps two, three, four, and 5 are for them are going to be just as important as hiring him and getting some of the stability that Van Vliet has brought and whatever else. They're going to need to build a championship contender and I don't know if they're there yet and I don't know if any of the things listed in this article would make them that even. Even Mikhail Bridges, frankly.
0: They're also like, it, the winning thing is funny because they are two games under 500 and 11th in the West right now. It's not like this is a team. That it's his is,
1: approach, man. He just wins. It's not.
0: It's not like they're thirty and fifteen and pushing the Clippers for like the four seed. They're eleventh. They're ten and a half games back of first place. They're four. They're I mean, four and a half games out of the top six in the West. Like this is like a fine, improved team that is not a juggernaut waiting to happen. If they go get a, a different, some some more helpful role. The, the, the via yeah. I, the, the skip, they, they, they skipped, they just, we knew they were skipping steps based back on the summer. This is just, mm-hmm. the, this is, I think, where you end up if you keep trying to do that. Um, yeah. You want to talk about, let's talk about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid hurts his knee late in the game against the Warriors, a game the Sixers lose. Philly now, by the way, down to fifth. in the are in conference behind both Cleveland and New York at this point. And that is notable considering they had a, Pretty good cushion at one point, and that is kind of dissolved. And then in is he is going to have an MRI. As we're recording this, we do not know the status of that MRI or what that is revealed. And he had been hurt a few games before this, had missed some time. Brennan, there's a lot going on here that we can get into. We can talk about the
1: 65-game well, rule. There's, hit me. Let's clarify on the had been hurt for a few games before this, right? Because the this... This story started in terms of national attention on Saturday, which is a game we absolutely would have talked about on Sunday when we recorded if it had not been a dud because of Joel Embiid not playing. Right. That was, of course, the Denver Nuggets matchup on ABC that he wasn't on the injury report until, I believe, 15 minutes before it was the final one of the day was released, where if you're in a media room at an NBA game, they come hand you a piece of paper and it has everything that you need to know on it. All of a sudden, Embiid's name is there. He's ducking Jokic. He's doing this and that. And obviously, he's been missing games all season. He's already up against the 65-game rule you just mentioned. But that was kind of the first round of attention. Then he pushes to come back in this Warriors game. And according to Nick Nurse, has a different injury than what he had been plagued with previously i don't know if everybody quite believes that it's some wholly different thing uh than he's ever had this season but whatever take them at their word for it either way sam amick and others have said he was definitely pushing to return in large part because of the noise around the denver game some of this awards stuff and whatever else and now it could be an even longer absence for him
0: so where would you like to start with this do you want to start with the philly impact do you want to start with the 65 game impact and and the quotes and the debate that's going on with that where do you personally brendan what do you
1: find most interesting about what is what is going on here well i uh this paul reed quote i saw the same thing and you have it in our notes was goofy um Kind of just so the Kelly- saying so was the
0: so is the Kelly Ubre quote. I well you know let's start with Paul Reed because I want to read this quote and I just I just have some notes. Paul Reed, I didn't sign up for that, the sixty five game rule. I don't remember signing no paperwork. You feel me? I guess the union okayed it. Paul, that's what a union does. That is the point of you being an MBAPA. That is the point of you probably got some
1: emails about this updating you. That's what but, I was gonna a, say. There's a process the, here, my guy. <laughs> Like the union did okay that but as a representative of said union or a member of said union you get a vote and the fact that you chose to ignore that opportunity or did not voice your problems in that span of time is uh, it's really just you outing yourself as I don't pay much attention to what the union sends around that's not anything but that. Uh, the
0: the player representative for the Philadelphia 76ers is Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, did you just like? Is Paul off your ego Toby. list? What's going on here? There's, you don't have an
1: disappearing ultimate. in the union voting, just like he disappears in games. Wow, that should be a that should that should be a quote graphic for us. But like, <laughs> it should not. But
0: I what like I I'm sorry you like I I don't understand I mean, this. I this whole thing is just it, like. If this was happening, here's the thing: we also just know what, how this works. If this was Jokic. If this was Giannis. If this was any other guy, and they got asked about this, they would be like, "Well, that's the rule," because it would help their guy win MVP. We kind of understand that. Like, if this wasn't like their teammate, they would probably have different feelings about it, and that's fine. But this is yeah. just this is just silly, and the Uber Court is also very silly.
1: Okay, so let's just talk the Uber quote, I feel like that's just you maybe uh, laughing at kelly Oubre a little bit i I get what he's saying he's, he's talking, talk- talking about taking care of his body and comparing it yes, to a nascar that's, that's and a car cars. and
0: yeah. yeah
1: what's what's goofy about it
0: well okay number one the fact that kelly has, has a size.
1: special place in my heart so just you know you gotta okay. tread okay. tread carefully here okay all right fine there's the size part of it which I, he just got right um <laughs> yeah Seven foot five, three hundred pounds. Kind of just called his teammate fat a little bit. It's cool.
0: He elevated his weight uh, from three hundred to three fifty in the middle of the quote, which is very funny. And At seventy <laughs> yeah. pounds above Embiid's listed weight, it's like sure,
1: okay. It's like of course that's goofy. Like, we, we all Agreed.
0: That was that's that's the part that was goofy. The part he's talking about. With like comparing at the NASCAR is absolutely very correct and very smart. But that's also just at like the core of like the debate for the last five years of anything about games play. This is just like hitting on the crux of it. It's how you end up with the sixty five game rule because yes, is this is this does he need to maintain himself and keep himself healthy? Absolutely. I'm all for that. I think like most people are understanding that like the demands we put on professional athletes is really high. And Embiid obviously has a deep injury history and in, like if anyone should be careful, it it's probably him. The other part of it, it's just like, like that's that's. But we all we you have this push against. This is a business where you need these guys to play, and then you get the reporting about come through this as well, where it's like Embiid didn't mm-hmm. want to be viewed a certain way for not playing in games. So it's like I yeah. like have we. It doesn't feel like we've actually like we feel like we're almost like regressing this conversation. In some ways, about the sixty-five game rule, and, and that's dumb. That's silly that we've ended up back here.
1: Well, I think it it can maybe bridge us to the Pacers game on the same night, also Tuesday night, where they handled it a little bit differently. But I think big picture, no matter which instance you're looking at, or which player you're looking at, or anything else, uh, are you a a fan of of the artist DJ Khaled, Chris? You, you...
0: um. You know,
1: fan is probably a strong word. Okay. I think the reason I ask is that he popularized a phrase that I think really describes what the NBA is dealing with right now, which is that they're playing themselves, right? They they wanted to they wanted to move on from this mattering, from this being the dominant talking point about the league during the regular season every single year, right? And they made this rule in an effort to get there. But now it's just the same version, the the a different version of the same conversation, right? And it just sort of I think opens the door. It's it's just another little pathway or walkway toward what we all know needs to happen here, which is that they need to shorten the season. They can punish people into oblivion and make guys play freaking, you know, with a, a cane or some sort of one of those little carts when you tear your ACL or whatever, and they can have guys out there trying to dribble with the cart, or they can just say the the games total are going to be less. And that is how all of this will be fixed. Cause that's the fix. And they know that we know that everybody aware of everything going on with this league knows that, but we all just have to kind of dance around it once a year during the regular season, because it's a bunch of people who don't want to say goodbye to their money. I think that's, I mean, it's just like, you, you hate to make every conversation about that, but this one is about that.
0: 100% and just basketball wise Philly is, if this is like a serious injury, for Embiid and he's going to miss some time obviously he'll just won't be eligible for MVP but standings wise could get really interesting for them as we kind of track where the East playoffs are going to go big opportunity for Cleveland and New York to kind of solidify themselves and, and maybe sneak into like the, the three seed for one of them and maybe get like Indiana in round one or something but we'll see that's there's obviously still a lot of basketball to go even if we are you know well past the
1: halfway or a little bit past the halfway mark at this point what's up I did want to say something about the Pacers, though, uh, on the note of that game real quick. I thought the way that they handled Halliburton's injury, I guess, didn't end up mattering because the other guys who have played really well in the few games he's been out made a run anyway. But you just saw at the beginning of that third quarter how much he makes an impact. And if, if he is able to come in for the last four or five minutes of that game i think you have to wonder if if they could have gotten gotten the job done hopefully it's just kind of a one or two game thing and and whatever you don't want him to have to keep re-aggravating that injury i understand that but it's always weird when teams pick that middle ground where it's like is he healthy enough to play or is he not really what's the point of playing 22 minutes cardio award recognition like well that's yeah it. That's sure it. All, MBA, um, all mba like that's it i guess so and and look i do think time is of the essence with him and uh siakam figuring it out mm-hmm. but just a weird one um the last thing and this is a a, a tinier note but i want to shout out Obi toppin yeah because i feel like we often laugh when guys are demoted or we like to talk about how trades don't work and all that stuff. And this is a great example to me, Chris, of he goes to the bench in the seat when the Siakam trade gets done. He's He was benched before that, really, um, for Jalen Smith and some other things. And rather than Sulk and whatever, yes, it's a contract year for him. I don't really care. Still deserves credit for it. Um, he not only has embraced the role and, and continued to play hard and everything else, but I feel like he's actually really changed his game and he's cutting. He's hitting the offensive glass. He is attacking the basket. He is doing the things that I think anyone who ever watched Obi Toppin dating back to Dayton thought his ultimate destiny in the NBA was, but because of his sporadic minutes in New York and kind of always feeling like he needed to prove himself. And then now this run and gun Pacers team that has so little structure that I think it can be hard for guys to figure out what what they're even supposed to be doing. Now he's here and, He's playing like a big man. He's playing like a, an athletic freak. And I think this is this is really getting the best from him. So I think, you know, only 5 of 11 from the field yesterday, minus 10 in the box score. So what? I think if you've been watching them the past few games, you would notice that he looks a lot different. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for not just chucking threes and doing whatever he wants, but trying to figure out what's going to be best for for them and for his future.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. There's I've seen some speculation, heard some that he, that this is someone that maybe they could move and try to move off of in and, and some kind of trade at this deadline because they went and got Siakam. I, I don't think I would do that if I were them. I like what he's giving them. He's having overall a really good year. Career high minutes, career best field goal percentage, career best shooting on two-pointers. He's at 70% on twos. It's pretty darn good from Obi Toppin. Double-digit scoring a game. Obviously, he's going to dip a little bit with Siakam there. He's going to get fewer minutes. We understand that. He's not going to start. But this is someone, Brennan, that I think can just be someone they work with for it. And if you want to give the Pacers credit for some things, I think the last couple years as they've rebuilt this roster and, and adjusted out of the Turner-Sabonis era, you know, getting Halliburton unlocks all of this. That, that's move number one. None of this, I think, really works unless you get Tyrese. But they have two guys that have become good role players for them that were cast off from other situations. They got Aaron e. Smith from Boston, and they got Obi Toppin from New York. And getting those guys, developing them, we'll figure out the cost for them and all of that and see where this means for their cap. But in terms of actually got good basketball players and find re- a way to maximize them, their previous situations couldn't while they're still young, that's some really good work from the- from that organization. I think they deserve a lot of credit for that.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, we talked about it with Rob Mahoney back when he wrote the feature on Halliburton of, you know, having a guy like that gives you the flexibility and the freedom to try different things. And not all of them are going to work. But I think a stable head coach, a star player that guys want to be around that can bring the best out of players like that and you know, probably the creativity that you have to have as a small market, as a front office and, and that, that front office, but um, Buchanan there has, has always done a good job of that, even dating back to Portland. So um, yeah, they're, they're obviously, everybody's kind of watching them after they make the Siakam deal and, you know, go to the NBA cup final and all that. But um, I don't think they're done. I think they're going to be tinkering for a long time.
0: Yeah. Big, big fan. All right, let's go to some all-star teams. The big meat of today's show Brennan, let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's go geographically here. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Homage. Homage is the ultra-comfortable specialty apparel company with NBA and WMA licenses that uses vintage-inspired designs to pay homage to the greatest stories, traditions, and figures across sports, music, and pop culture. Use our link below to make your purchase and support the Just Basketball Show. Buy something nice. Get yourself someone you care about, something nice. All of that and more. So, all stars. Brendan starting in the East. He, let's well. Here are the starters in the East based on what we already know, and then we're going to do full rosters and who we would have had starting if we had our, our brothers to, to do the picks. Giannis and Tatum, Halliburton, Dame are the starters in the East. LeBron, Durant, Jokic, Luca, and Shea are starters out West. So. Brennan, who would your five starters in the Eastern Conference have been if you had got to pick the five?
1: Can I ask you a question first? Yeah. Based on the conversation, the 65-game stuff we were just talking about, do you think that all-stars might... All-star appearances... We don't know how long the 65-game thing is going to last for awards. If you were to ask me right now, I would venture a guess that maybe it only lasts this year. I'm not positive. But... Could that make all-star appearances more important over the next little bit because that's not in the way? Just a a thought experiment here. I don't know what you think.
0: I think yes. Then I also think you could see there being some agitation to get 15 all-star spots off the bat, which I think Mm -hmm. there's already a pretty compelling case for just to make sure you're actually covering enough guys. And getting the
1: right kind of proportion of the league, you know? Guys, the fourth best player on like the third best team was was an all-star in the 60s and 70s now it's like you know we're wondering if the celtics will even get three you know so i agree but yeah i just i was wondering i'm like could it be a thing that for however long this lasts the fact of measuring the first four months of the season becomes a little bit more important because you don't know what's going to happen for All-NBA. And, I mean, we're all sort of waiting with bated breath, I think, at this point to see what the hell these All-NBA teams are going to look like and how many of the best players are actually going to be on them, even more than most seasons as a result of this. So, um, yeah. yeah, but... This, uh, this just made me think about All-NBA and think about, like, how much, how much long
0: is think I'm going to need to give myself, like, a couple weeks to really, like organize it in a way that makes makes sense in my head i'm already kind of stressed out about it not gonna lie
1: well i think you, the I west is like, the, the place the to start then well you yeah
0: you want to start with
1: yeah we don't know oh you said you said the east first right you said the east first well, i just was saying the the, okay let's the west, west, west is where is the west is where i think there's the most how am i ever even going to pick this uh type of feeling but i had the same starters as the fans had outside of LeBron James. Okay. So So my West starters, I had four guys who I think you have to have as locks, which were the other four that the fans and everyone voted on. Shea, Jokic, Luka, Kawhi. I think those are... Three of the best players on the top teams, plus Luca, who production wise I just think has been too great this year to ignore. His three balls finally going down. He is playing a little bit more in the rhythm that we've all wanted to see from him, and he has to be there. My other starter in place of LeBron, Chris, was Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. So that's my five.
0: I have close to the same five that the only difference I have SGA, I have Luka, I have Kawhi and I have Jokic. I do have LeBron. Call me LeBron Stan, I deserve it. I I've seen a lot of arguments that he LeBron,
1: I, I wasn't even positive I was going to put him on the team. Yeah,
0: I'm just putting him on the I just putting him as a starter for like the sake of history. That's really like half the argument. I think like actually basketball-wise it's I think if it's not him it should be Durant. Like you get after Particularly in the the front court in the in the West, once you get past like a couple guys, it gets really dicey. Who um, I just it, it like I it, it I just want like, he was so good to start the year. I just want him in. It's LeBron. I understand it's like kind of an emotional pick. That's the most like a like emotional thing I will do on the show. I just want to put him in as a starter but if you told me that like Durant should be don't hate it if you told me that Anthony Davis should be the Laker starting I don't hate that either uh, mm-hmm. but I, I think the I think the ones that are locks I agree SGA, Luka and Jokic I think kind of have to be and then Kawhi has been like just unbelievable and really efficient so I, I
1: had him in there as well so it's a pretty clear lock we talked about we gave Kawhi a lot of love in the last episode so I think you know his scoring is one thing that's never, you know, he's not one of these guys like so many other stars in the NBA right now who are scoring 28, 30, 32 points per game. But uh, he's so efficient. His defense is is very, very good. And they are a team that is so good that I think they have to be represented. But LeBron in January. Not good. You could make the case below average. His true shooting is about average. 24 8 and 9 so obviously the counting stats will always be there but 49% from the field and the Lakers have just been a, a kind of a disaster he had 10 more turnovers in similar minutes than he did in December like i just uh yeah i i get you obviously he's in the the starter Group, no matter what i believe he's going to be a captain if they do this draft thing again and i have him on my team i did end up putting him in similar for legacy reasons kind of like you said and who i want to be there and who's going to be the most entertaining people to have on the court in that game so i can't argue too much i did end up going with him but um starting wise you know you're being a homer that's all right though um that's fine Okay. So the way that the reserves work is two guards, three bigs, two wild cards, right? So yes. give me your guards.
0: Uh, I've Anthony David, Anthony Edwards and Devin Booker. This was not hard for me. Th- those are the two guys Interesting. out there. I I think both of those guys have just been absolutely awesome. I think both of them have been just elite. I think at the guard I think there's a couple other guards you have to look at. I think there's a couple other ways you could approach this and give some guys recognition but
1: i i went with i went with edwards and and booker okay so i went with anthony edwards as well and honestly his case is a pretty interesting one because of the pure kind of efficiency stats and everything but there's a few instances across all of these teams we're going to talk about where I don't want to say degree of difficulty, but kind of like night-to-night pressure Mm -hmm. I I use to kind of win out over guys who might have better numbers and and whatever, because Ant is a little down in two-point shooting. His turnovers are still pretty high. He's only 46% from the field because of that decrease in two-point efficiency, and he takes a lot of threes and, and everything else. But... There's a lot of nights where he's the only consistent shot creator on that team, so I have a hard time taking him off. Um, as and, a result of that,
0: I th- I think he of the Wolves guys, and I and to me, this is a slight spoiler. He's the only Wolf, the only Wolf I have on my All Star team. I I felt like I had to get one on there, considering even though they've had they've been a little shaky of late. I'm not sure how much I buy them as like a, as good as their record says they are unless they make some kind of trade to get another ball handler. I do just think you kind of got to get one of them
1: on the team. And I think it has to be him. I actually really wanted to put Cat on there, but you you really look at his numbers and he's having a a, a very good season, but, you know, Mm -hmm. probably not all-star caliber considering how good the West is like we talked about. So, okay. And we both have. I had Curry. Yeah. Because... I just think we overlook him a little bit at times, and and this is a great season to overlook him. Don't get me wrong. They are a, a disaster right now, but he is again over 11, almost 12 three-point attempts per game, 41%. His assists are a little down. Who could fault him? He's playing with a bunch of children and uh, hobbled veterans. Um, But still, 28 points per game, 34 minutes per game. And the advanced stats show that offensively, there are still not many players in the entire league more impactful than him. Um, By the count of estimated plus minus, offensively, there are like seven or eight players better than him, more impactful than than him on a night-to-night basis. So to me... Uh, he still kind of deserves being here. I will also not have another Warrior, Chris, but who are your bigs? Uh, well, actually, no. Hold on. Make the case for Booker, actually, because I didn't have him. As an all-star at all? Well, we'll get there.
0: Okay. Because I, I have... Curry is still on my team, to be clear. Like, I still have Got him. it. So, Booker, 36 minutes a game. He's averaging career best numbers from the field. He's shooting 38% from three. He is often the lead creator on the Suns. He's averaging seven point three assists the game on the same turnovers he was a year ago. I think he's just been absolutely awesome. I think he's just been absolutely everything. Certainly, some stretches where he's had he's dipped a little bit below where I think his his ceiling can be, but he's had a great run as of late. I think, in particular, he's been really efficient. He's been really good as a creator and, and as kind of the point guard on this team at sometimes in this Brett and been a big reason maybe I think Durant's gotta be the number one reason as to why you're carrying some of this and and why they're six in the west despite everything kind of going wrong to start the year but I think Booker is vital in his own really important way and I think what he's done, the efficiency, the body of work I I think I had to put him in there
1: So I think this might be a place where my proximity to watching him night to night and maybe comparing him to his own standard can get in the way. If he makes the team, which I'm not positive he will based on the fan votes, not that that matters, but if that can be used as kind of a stand in for his perception this season, maybe he was really, really low for, I don't quite know the reason. And this is a guy who quietly, like he didn't make the all-star team last year, mostly because of health, but... I don't know what his perception is around the league. I don't know if he's thought of as, oh, I got to have Devin Booker in there. You know, I don't know if he comes to mind for media, for coaches, for obviously fans seemingly know in the same way that a Curry or, or some of these other guys do. So I think that could work against him. If he makes the team, it'll be because of what he's done in January and and especially the past couple of weeks, the insane point totals, doing it on the road, having some big wins over Western Conference opponents like New Orleans and Dallas. Within that, the win streak that they piled up, the fact that the team is starting to to win games. But yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to if he's on my team, but I I don't know. I, I don't know in the real world what his fate will be here and it, it feels like we could be headed toward a situation where all the way through his prime he just has fewer all-star and all NBA appearances than you would guess based on the gaudy stats and you know hopefully some more postseason success along the way it, it's a weird career he's kind of putting together if he were not to get in this year
0: I agree all right for my for me the three front-court players it's Durant it's Demondus Sabonis, and it's Anthony Davis the Anthony Davis thing along with the LeBron thing, Brendan, I think the fact that the Lakers are gonna have two All Stars speaks to just how underwhelming the rest of that team has been. Yeah. I think the fact that they have two guys having great season just speaks to, and they're having two guys having really good seasons and it feels like they're being wasted to some degree. And that I think the All Star game stuff reflects that. So but I think A D in particular on defense has just been an absolute monster. Sabonis has been a fulcrum for the Kings, having a really good year. And Durant is Durant. He's, I think, probably, I think, pound for pound, been the best guy in the sun. So I have Durant on my team here in the front court. Who are your three
1: front court guys? I love this. We have a lot of differences. So I have Ad and LeBron. So we're we're tracking there. Um, Agreed. I think Anthony Davis. It's funny because you know talk about estimated plus minus if you look at him impactfully he is uh one of the more balanced in terms of 85th percentile or better in terms of offensive and defensive impact that's really rare he's only missed three games you basically compare where there was a stretch of last season when AD kind of before the trade saved the lakers season ad in january of last season actually saved their year and pretty much what he did after he got healthy last season when we were all falling all over ourselves to praise the guy and talking about him as a, could he actually make a run at MVP and all this stuff? He basically did that again at the beginning of this season, and I think if you were to not put him on an all-star team, it would be pretty insane uh, if you just sort of break it down that way. But the one we have different, Paul George. I have Paul George in here. Okay, make the case for
0: Paul George because I this may have just been because when I was finalizing my list, I just watched the I wasn't able to go in person, but I re-watched back the Cavs Clippers game, and it was one of these games this year where I've seen him and I just was kind of like I I was a little, like a little underwhelmed to some degree. I understand like the numbers are pretty good and I understand he's had some really good games, but make the make the Paul George case to me.
1: Just another guy, you know. We talk about it. I, I think I have a few dudes who are. Underrated, who I may be champion because of that to a degree. Like, you know, we do it with Gobert or Chris Middleton or whatever, but Paul hey, George is another one Chris for Middleton. me. My MVP, who's, who looked pretty good the other night uh, for them when they... Who did they beat? Uh, you can't even tell me. The Nuggets? Was that the game that I'm thinking of? Um, okay. Paul George, eight threes a game, 41%. 51 percent from two which if you're counting at home is equivalent to a 60.4 true shooting percentage his turnovers have fallen off of a cliff he's not having to handle the ball as much so you maybe don't give him a huge amount of credit for that but in terms of the clippers who i think i'm getting close to calling maybe a co-favorite in the west depending on how they're able to stack up to some of these other west teams the more that they play them but he is having one of his best on off differential seasons of his career. When he has been on the court for them, they have been unstoppable. And the steadiness that he gives you, I just think, is way underlooked, way uh, underrated, overlooked because he can come off a screen and knock down an open shot. He can run a pick and roll. He can knock down a spot up three. If he has an inch of space, you feel great that it's going in. He's strong, he's huge defensively as they've gotten Harden and man has developed, Zubats has gotten better. The two star wings haven't had to do as much. So I think you see some bigger defensive flashes. The only hole I think you could pick in it is he, again, like Kawhi is not filling it up from a scoring standpoint, only 23 per game. And he's not getting to the free throw line quite as much, again, because the ball is not in his hand quite as much. But in terms of excelling in your role and doing it at the highest level of winning, I'm not sure many guys have been above PG this season. So that would be my case.
0: It's a good case. I don't think you're totally wrong. I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just being here. So who's your, you had, you had AD, you have Paul George. Who's your third front court guy?
1: LeBron, like we talked okay, about. LeBron. So I still, I still I just, did have LeBron. Yeah.
0: Now, now I'm sleeping on LeBron. Now I'm, I've just forgotten that LeBron exists apparently.
1: Yeah. So the two Lakers guys and Paul George. Um, And then I can get us kicked off with the wild cards. Yeah, please do. And I think we might disagree on both here. I'm not sure. My first one was 'er De'Aaron Fox. Did you have 'er De'Aaron Fox? Uh, I have 'er De'Aaron Fox. Okay. So we will not disagree there. I think he's been in a little bit of a weird slump lately. That's hard to explain. And maybe that recent history will dissuade some voters from from putting him on there but and the fact that Sabonis has been reeling off triple doubles like it's nothing and Mm -hmm. maybe there's this idea that only one of them can make it but I think their roster is just as top heavy a lot of nights as like the Lakers is so I I don't have a problem with both I don't have Sabonis but I could easily see him making it but in terms of Fox look I think what he's done to develop as a three-point shooter in and of itself is enough to keep him on this team to me. So he's not drawing as many fouls. He's finishing a little worse at the, at, the, at the rim after a historic 77% at the rim last season. But still elite from mid-range, elite from floater range, and solid enough playmaker. And to me, he's just the engine of who they are and what they are more than sabonis more than a lot of guys are frankly that you could consider in his place now that we're at the wild card point where it's sort of a whatever you want whatever you value i just think without him their team really falls apart and the fact that he now has added this this three point shot from pull up spot up dropping on a dime and taking them at a full sprint sometimes in transition has just made him a complete handful night to night. And he's still a great fourth quarter score, all the stuff that we've known him for. So that was why I gave him the lift over. I mean, you could throw me a dozen names and I probably wouldn't
0: argue. I I have a, I have a list of snubs we'll get to at the end after we, we finish this of guys that we don't talk about that. I think you can make like an interesting case for a lot of them. So we can, we can dive into that, but who's your last wild
1: card? well i want you to give me your first one. Oh, you well, had fox right uh, i have fox the other one steph curry okay so we've gotten to all of yours yeah okay are you ready for i can't the biggest I, I surprise can I, can of I, can all I, can i can i guess you can guess are you gonna say opera and Shingoon? you know me so well yes i'm <laughs> gonna say opera and shengun i <laughs> fucking knew it i love <laughs> that knew it. uh I was trying so hard earlier when we were talking about the rocket section to not tease it. I, I was going to do the so. whole, I think this might come up later podcasting thing. And I was like, no, I want it to be purely a surprise. I knew. You were surprise. Um, I, I knew you were, so I don't know what the other day. I can't remember if this was like a tweet or in a text
0: in, in our, one of our text groups that you were you were just like, I think it was our group texted with Chris Longo and Colby Olson. Um, who do some business stuff for us? And Colby does TikTok videos with me on, on on for some Thrive Fantasy, Daily Fantasy stuff. And I just kept it in the back of my mind. You kind of like laid a little Sangoon like Easter egg. And I just was, I, I had, well, then you didn't go Sabonis. And I'm like, okay, I, Brandon's mm-hmm. going to pick a center, I feel like, for some, and I, I don't know what other centers you want to pick. I knew you are going to go with Sangoon, who has been really good. I am not quite there with him. He is on, he would be like 14 or 15 for me on my all-star list. But I think that's also because the West is so damn deep with guys that you could make compelling cases for.
1: So this is a version of the argument I made with Anthony Edwards, right? Where I'm putting value in the degree of difficulty, the level of responsibility, the fact that there are so many nights where Alperen Sengun is the only efficient offensive engine on his team. You can say great things about Fred Van Vliet. You would never say he's the most efficient guard creator in the league. He's going to put up shots. He's not going to turn it over, but he's six foot one or whatever, and he chucks up some shots. So to me, what Sengun has to do being not only the best scorer, the only real big man on that team, but also the engine as a passer for making almost everybody on that roster better, including Van Vliet, it just puts him in that stratosphere to me where he's deserving. Um, you look at estimated plus minus, which is a stat that I think is, is a good check for yourself in a lot of cases, he's 33rd. But like Davis, like some of these other guys, he's positive on both ends. And that's the last part of the case to me is, I joked about it with Ime Udoka, just kind of, you know, uh, drive-by shooting at... Shen Goon's defense on a random press conference the other day, but I think Shen Goon is fine. I think he is more than good enough to be a starting center in the NBA in 2024 when you see how, you know, Jokic is able to paper over that and other teams have creative solutions as long as they build that roster right. So I just look, he has quick hands, he can do the whole hedge and recover thing, he can drop if he needs to, he's a good post defender, he's checking the boxes you would want and surviving on that end enough. So, yeah, I, I think... The Rockets have been good enough that I don't feel bad putting an all-star there from Houston. And uh, they they need him to be pretty damn good every single night, and he has been. So, I want him in there.
0: I think it's valid. I I think you can make a case for just like a laundry list of guys. Here's just some of the names running that were on my long list before we, we go into the East. Rudy Gobert. This yeah. is guys we didn't talk about at all. Or didn't pick, I should say. Rudy Gobert, Lowry Markkinen, Chet Holmgren, mm-hmm. Zion, Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Victor Wembanyama on top of, I would also add Jamal Murray to that
1: list as well. Jamal Murray and, um, you know, out of fear of just standing another guy that I can't shut up about, if Desmond Bain hadn't gotten hurt, I would have picked him over mm-hmm. Shengun.
0: Yeah. A lot of, lot, a lot a lot of town in the West. I'd really like Murray to make it, if I'm being honest. Um, I kind He's been about so
1: Brennan. damn good in some of these
0: big games. You know what? Brennan, can I, I'm going to audible on the fly here. I'm going to – all apologies to the great city of Sacramento. I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox off. I'm going to put Jamal Murray on. All I right. How do I want to do that? Jamal Murray has been amazing in these big games, as you said, he's like a big reason like why they won in Boston and he's just been on a app against the bucks the other times. night, 35 oh and
1: five, God, God. 13 of yeah. 22 from the field. He's filthy
0: having a really good statistical season as well. It's just the game's play yeah. thing. And I just, but this guy won a title last year. He's really good. I he's a, he's brilliant at playing with Jokic, not every guard, even some ones that are maybe even more talented than him could play with Jokic in the same way he does. It's a skill that he has literally leaned into and developed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take off Fox. I'm gonna put on Jamal Murray. All right, so to recap, my starters, SGA, Luca, Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic, Brendan, SGA, Luca Kawhi, Durant, and Nicole Jokic. My reserves, Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Damana Sabonis, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Jamal Murray, and Brendans. Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry, Paul George, Anthony Davis. LeBron James, Darren Fox, and Alperin Sen-Goon. All right, let's go to the East. On to the East. A little less fun, if I'm being honest. Uh, Brendan, my starters, Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo,
1: and Joel Embiid. So, okay. I think we have the same. Okay. You have, yeah, we have the same. You had Brunson. So we both had Brunson over Lillard as far as what the actuals were. And um, got to admit, we should probably add Jalen Brunson to the list of Brendan Stan players because I think yeah. this dude is perennially underrated. I had, so, I, I put it in uh, locked on Suns the other day, a couple weeks back, maybe when the Suns played the Knicks, or I was using Brunson as some kind of comparison for something. And I called him like a fringe MVP candidate. And all these Suns fans cooked the hell out of me in the comments. Like I didn't know what I was talking about. Cause I had like an offhand comments calling Br- Brunson, a fringe MVP contender. I don't think there's a lot of guys more singularly valuable to what their teams do and the difference between what they are with that player and what they would be without van Brunson. He absolutely is in the class of uh, Halliburton. Uh, maybe not quite a Giannis or an MB, but certainly a Tatum. So uh, yeah, I, I, I wish that he got... I know, like, Kendrick Perkins and Becky Hammond and a whole bunch of random people on sports media have tried to trash Jalen Brunson, and so he's kind of a weird topic of conversation for that reason. But I have one question about the East starters before we dig into our reserves. Okay. Has the NBA passed over Trey Young? No.
0: Trey Young... Trey Young... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you mean, like...
1: Like he is now, like doesn't matter as much. Like, what do you mean by that? Before I, I declared. Yeah, I think is he sort of. There's been tons of this type of player in NBA history, right? The guard who puts up these gaudy stats and gets very much hyped up when they're young and wins, maybe, but as their career rolls on, starts to get overlooked. And it's not even me like going on one side of that argument or not. It's just to not make an All Star starter when. If nothing else, we always would have associated Trey with being popular, right? He's mm-hmm. he's a favorite of younger kids. He, he puts up stats. He's a he's a hooper, right? And to not even have that anymore, I do have to say that surprised me, and I it made me wonder: Are we entering a period with Dejounte maybe on his way out and a really disappointing season where Trey is relegated to sort of a less prominent spot in like? the NBA fan imagination. I think he, it's possible
0: that his peak like could end up being like, the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think there's like a waiting for him to like evolve or do something more, and then it's just been very flat the last two years. And I think where we're kind of at with him reflects that a little bit. He doesn't feel as popular as he used to,
1: for certain. No. And think about that, right? If that is his peak, like that was year three. The guy's going to be in the league for like 15 seasons, so... If that were to play out that way, it'd be kind of weird. So yes. yeah, I don't know, uh, we'll see. I don't want that to be the case. I mean, he's a very, very fun player to watch in my opinion and he's he's obviously super talented, but they've tried a whole bunch of incarnations of that roster and none of them have really worked. So I think we're maybe in for a little bit of a reset over there and he might not factor in as much as we were used to him doing for the first few years of his career. But who uh, who are your reserve guards in the East?
0: Donovan Mitchell is one, and I think there's a real case for him as a starter. I, I think he's been unbelievable this year. Um, didn't feel to me watching him in person, I think, similar to how you fought with Booker, who, in that I was like a little too close to the sun, I think, at times with him. And like, I was like, is he as overwhelming as he was last year, but he's been really good, and he's been as much as anybody else, more than anybody else, the catalyst of what has worked for that this Cavs team the last several weeks, including a a nice win over the Clippers as Evan Mobley is back and Darius Garland's uh, returning the the day we're recording this. So things are looking up in Cleveland. And then Damian Lillard is, is my other guard.
1: Okay, so I have... I ended up putting... I'll switch it. So mine are the same. I have Lillard and I have Mitchell. I have to admit to you, that Lillard ended up being a guy where I, I I, didn't have him on up until like this morning when I was like, okay, am I really going to take a guy off who is still on one of the best three teams in the East? And even in a down season for his standard, we know to be amazingly talented, has had some awesome fourth quarter moments and kind of hold the disaster that has been the Milwaukee Bucks against him in a way. And I was like, okay, we all want to see Damon, the all-star game. If I really did have a vote here and I was trying to be reasonable, I can't in good conscience not have him on, but 35% from three, 50% from two turnovers are fine, but assists are down also defense, you know, he's definitely not helping the problems that they have over there. How would you? I don't sort think him? it's like an awesome case. How would you sort him? Would to me? I had him third.
0: If I were going to order them, I would go Brunson one A, Mitchell one B, and then Dame would be third.
1: Is how I would organize them. Well, so what I was going to say, and I guess I can just kind of jump the gun here, is the way that I broke it down, because I kind of treat the wild cards as like the last two in. Mm-hmm. I had Maxie up in the reserve guards. Okay. So I have Maxi kind of above Dame as well. So I would have it as Brunson and uh, Halliburton and then Mitchell and Maxi equivalent sort of to one another. Probably Mitchell ahead of him, obviously, but, you know, in the same group. And then Lillard rounding out the bottom of that. So, But I had a different guy completely that I, I don't want to jump the gun again in place of Lillard even as a wild card up until, again, I had that reality check.
0: Okay. Let's go to let's go to the front court. Um, who are your three front court players in the east?
1: Okay, so bam out of bio. I feel like is the one we'll have in common. yeah,
0: that's that's a stone cold lock for me. i I think he's been amazing this year. I think he's leveled up to some degree this year. He is like the best part of a heat team that is increasingly not fun to watch and not particularly good as of late. lost seven in a yeah. row. Our guy Wes Goldberg out here asking the question of should the should the Heat at least like call a meeting about offering Jimmy Butler for Donovan Mitchell? Like lots of weird yeah. stuff going on in Heatland. So that I've I've been the it.
1: rare both teams lose trade. Thank courtesy of of Wes. Thank, but thanks, yeah, uh, thanks, thanks a lot, Wes.
0: Know. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Butler getting traded to Cleveland means he's motherfucking the Cleveland Charge, and then getting back to Miami is what happens. I think.
1: I also just don't think he fits there, but whatever. Okay, so no. all right. Um, yeah, Bam, to me, he's taking more mid-range shots than ever before, even though he is never going to be a three-point shooter. He's making them at a a reasonably high clip still. He is driving, at least early in the season. I haven't tracked this number, you know, week by week or anything, but he was driving to the basket more, and he's still one of the best defensive players in the entire NBA. So, okay, no disagreement there. I have Jalen Brown here. Yeah, I have Jalen Brown. Okay, so I've disrespected Jalen Brown in various check-ins we've had about the Boston Celtics and like... Is he even actually going to be an all-star let's maybe get not get ahead of ourselves with derrick white let's actually make sure jalen's going to be in there but he has improved his shooting over the course of the season i think he has found some chemistry with Borzingis. he has kind of played within himself a little bit better as the season has gone along his usage is in january was down pretty substantially from the previous two months and just feels more steady when you watch him, right? He's taken on some bigger defensive matchups at times for them, so I have him. Uh, the last one I think we might be different on, Porzingis? I have Porzingis as well. Okay. This is- yeah, Porzingis I don't think is going to make the team, so this might be a you and I in an echo chamber kind of a situation here because I have not he- seen him on a lot of writers' lists or out talked about much. He doesn't seem like he's going to make it.
0: I just think he's been utterly vital to them. I think I, in some ways he would he would be my number two. You know, he's been healthy. He He's had some health issues, which I think is certainly part of it with him. But I, in some ways I think he's the number two candidate on Boston ahead of Jalen Brown to me in terms of how impactful he's been and how just gosh, gosh darn good he has been as a shooter, as a spacer, filling in this role that he's doing more consistent, I think, on the year than Jalen Brown, so I would give him the edge there. So i i had i had uh, Porzingis as well. Okay, so wild cards in the East is where this gets, I think, a li- could get a little wonky. You have you have one name I've already said, and that's Tyrese Maxey. Or you have I have a name that you already said. That's Tyrese Max. I think he has to be on here. I don't think there's a yeah. question about it. I think he has been just an absolute dynamo, an absolute breakout one of the breakout players of the nba this year in a lot of ways has to be 26
1: mayor. points a game 45 percent shooting from the field killer the crazy thing to look at with him is his this number is actually like i i i, I know we're trying to speed through the end here it's worth talking about he yeah. when Embiid has been hold on maxi on and beat off which is a lot of the time like the end of the first yeah. quarter the beginning of the fourth quarter or beginning of the second quarter whatever the offensive rating for the sixers in those minutes so the potential mvp of the league off the court maxi on 130 offensive rating he is just blitzed teams when he is is by himself out there okay so that's my maxi point he
0: one of the most fun players in the league the pace he plays at and also, I this is similar to my Murray argument, Brendan. It's not easy to play with these to play with bigs if you're a guard at times. Like it just isn't. And his ability to play with Embiid and form a really like active partnership with Embiid, I think, has been just highly, highly, highly impressive. He's obviously grown up into that and got to, didn't have to get thrown into the deep end because James Harden was around. But post Harden, yeah. one of the questions you could have asked about Philly is, can Maxi step up and do this? He absolutely mm-hmm. has. He's he's delivered in that role 100. percent so, end of the East is is to me like you could you could
1: I could have a different answer tomorrow. I think you could. Look- so we have had every single guy the same up to now, because we really- both had Porzingis, yeah. which I wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, I I got Porzingis pilled by doing the prep for the show.
1: He's fourteenth in an in a estimated plus minus total this year. Just pretty, if anyone's thinking good. we're crazy, and this YouTube clip goes. You know any sort of uh, around than that. Bill one dad, more, one more. This. Say hello. One more thing in there. He has missed a bunch of games. We have to say that he's missed 14 I, games. But if you like Jamal Murray, then you know I guess you can't really discriminate here.
0: No, and I I just this Boston is so good that I just if the if the Atlanta Hawks of several years ago can get like a bunch of random not random but like if Kyle Corver can make an All Star team, <laughs> I think we can get Porzingis.
1: Slightly it. different eras in terms of talent, but I hear yeah. It yeah okay okay who's your who's your last wild card in the east then
0: can i tell you who it's not first and i want to see if he's if that that guy's on your list i don't have julius
1: randall i don't i docked randall a little bit because i'm not he's not going to play in it probably so i was sort of like you know what's the point yeah i don't have trey young which feels mm-hmm. wrong, and
0: I think he'll probably, if like, he's video game numbers. Even if we're kind of down on him, like he's he's clearly there in terms of production. But
1: remember, the coaches pick the reserves, so yeah, I kind of think yeah. he's not going to make it.
0: I agree, and I don't have Jared Allen, and I really mm. wanted to find a way for Jared Allen to get on this team because he has been unfricking believable. Um, since Evan Moby went out. He has upticked himself. He has been outperforming some really good players, including Randall and Siakam and and, and the guy I'm going to name and been more efficient in a lot of ways, and he deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. The name I am f- going to throw He's in. He's
1: the guy I had over Lillard. He's the guy I had Whoa, over Lillard. Jared Allen? For a moment, yeah, up until again, I, you know. How to come so, to Jesus about Dame so let, time.
0: Let, let's, just, let's just talk about Alan because I, I again, might be too close to the sun in this in that I, I wondered if it was too little too late for him in that he was kind of ho-hum to start the year. The Cavs were mm-hmm. kind of blah. And it, it's just one run of a season. That to me, I didn't know if it was enough. In my head, I kind of told myself the cumulative matters and that wasn't quite enough for Jared to get in there.
1: And it's funny because you docked Alan kind of for that and I docked Booker for that, you know, so I, I didn't have Booker on my team, you know, I, we didn't, we didn't necessarily cover my disrespect to my home and community when we were talking about the West, but it's, it's the same thing here, but yeah, I hear you. And I think that's kind of why I ultimately didn't do it. It's also like even the best possible version of a Jared Allen season. Is that really, truly the same level of impact, or if you're going to pick him over Dame more impact than a great point guard, probably not. Um, So all those reasons are why I did not do it, but he, I mean the past two Months December and January has been above three assists a game three three and a half really assists per game his usage in January was over 20 which for a you know rim rolling center which is what we think of him as being to have a usage over 20 is is really impressive and anchored what is now a top three defense so that doesn't always get factored in to all-star conversations but look we've had marcus Sol and rudy gobert and jaron jackson make it over time and joe noah guys like that i think you know Allen has a case didn't Allen make an all-star team already actually with a similar case
0: yes the year he he made it the year it was in cleveland him and garland were both all-stars mobley's rookie year the year before they got donovan mitchell
1: got it so yeah that maybe that was a little bit of a who's around to fill in type of thing you know whatever but still um Definitely has a, a, a clear case. But I think I heard where you were going, and I think we have the same guy because we are now adopted stands of Central Florida.
0: Paolo Banquero, baby! Let's go. Look at us. All over the place in the West, Brendan, in the Eastern Conference, you and I just... Chalk. In lockstep. In it just fucking chalk. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. for us. I love this for us, personally.
1: Well, the East is, uh, I think, a little less... Clogged, so a but, little easier to like, to, okay, to zero to, in on. But to, to, to look, to we have like, similar taste.
0: But also to push back on that just a little bit, I do think there's enough guys where you could have talked yourself into Randall and even though he if he's not gonna go. You could have talked yourself into Jared Allen. You could have said Hey, Pascal Siakam is still having like a pretty good year. You could have made it. I've seen Scotty Barnes on some very smart people's All Star list. I couldn't quite get me there.
1: Me too, and I wanted to with. put Scotty honestly, but if you look at like the on, they're way better with him off the court. I know like not all of this stuff matters, and actually Paolo's a good an example of the same thing. <laughs> yes, but the advanced stuff just does not like Scotty, and that team is to me maybe even if the records aren't crazy far apart, they are a substantially worse team than the Magic. So. Yeah, look, Paolo, it's like, I don't always like to do it of, wow, look how much better they've gotten, because that doesn't really matter in the vacuum of one season. If I'm comparing, well, Paolo's gotten better versus Randall just being the same, but being very good also, I guess that's not super fair, but Paolo has just become somebody that can, last year, it was like, wow, they're asking him to do a lot. Check check this kid out to, wow, he's really doing a lot for them. You know what I mean? And, and he's sort of handling it now, where five assists a night, Turnovers have gone up a bit, but not a ton. The three ball, the three ball is just suddenly like solid. I don't I don't I still almost don't trust that, but it's there. He gets to the line a ton. The amount that he handles the ball and is a legitimate engine for a team that just doesn't have a point guard, and the dude is 21 years old and he's relatively efficient. Like it's it's the same as the Shen Goon and Anthony Edwards stuff I was saying in the last in the in the West where I'm going to give guys a little bit of a bump for being awesome with less great circumstances than I am for somebody just slotting into a role and kind of filling up the box score on a great team. So Paolo gets the the lift from that. And and I think way super deserves it. 100
0: percent notable snubs, I think in snubs in the East can include, and perhaps not limited to Jimmy Butler, who I don't think has just played enough games, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, Siakam. Maybe you can make a case for Franz, but I think the injuries do knock him down a peg. I And I think that might be the extent of the semblance. It's not quite as deep of a bench.
1: Scotty, uh, who is. we said, yeah.
0: And, and Scotty Barnes. And uh, to, Sorry about that. And there's not, I don't think anyone else that I would really have. Like I don't think Mikhail got there. I don't think there's anyone else on any of these other teams like there's not another nick that is that is in there among these good teams there's not really anybody else the west definitely has a deeper bench of guys with really valid cases than i think any than any of these teams in the east do like Lamelo, not like lamello not even close
1: no i mean yeah dante divincenzo made a late push but unfortunately no room for him evan fournier is like guys i'm ready it's time All star push pj washington with his uh Forty three the other night, you know he he wanted good just he wanted a PJ spot Washington. in Washington. Can someone just trade good trade for PJ Washington? That guy is gonna well. The be other awesome the place the other snub Chris is Derek White, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Reggie Miller was trying his damn hardest. I don't know if you heard how many times Reggie mentioned Derek White should be an All Star on that broadcast on Tuesday. He knows when votes are due. He was doing his work. I don't know why he owes so much allegiance to Derek White, but he's gonna get talked about as a snub if he doesn't make it so just ready yourself yeah
0: and I think I think that's that valid Boston's really good he's been unbelievable this year um I, I get it even if I couldn't quite get there and obviously I forgot to mention him on my subs list and he hasn't been on everyone's I don't think I I think there's a very valid argument I think particularly from from you know from JJ redick and some other pretty big names in the space I think you're gonna
1: hear some some consternation if Derek White can. I think JJ actually didn't end up having him uh, which is I listen, funny.
0: I, I was I was driving home from something yesterday, and I was listening to to him and Nikias and Steve Jones. Yeah, some of their stuff, and I don't. Derek White didn't make his team. That's Snubbed his own guy. Snubbed his own guy. Just bald guy discrimination from JJ Redick, and for me, a bald man.
1: If we listen to uh Sarudi from our. Waving the flag segment with him, he he was making the case for Suggs to be an all star. I think that might have been a little aggressive, but maybe maybe Jalen Suggs snub too. But no, I think we got them all. I think that's a that's a yeah. good list. I'll make a bald guy all star list for our next show as so well. That'll be the cold open. So here's the
0: five guys with no hair in the NBA that deserve to be all stars. And it's just Derek LeBron, Lover. count? Suggs. Nah, you got it. No, it's guys who have embraced the fact that they don't have hair. LeBron has been in denial for years. That's true. And he has he doesn't despite having it. the money, despite having the money to get like a real fix for, for all of that. But those are our all-star teams to recap the East East Starters for both of us. This is full chalk, Halliburton, Brunson, Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid are reserves. Mitchell, Lillard, Bam, Jalen Brown, Chris Epps, Palo Bancaro, and Tyrese Maxey, That is gonna be it for the just basketball show for Wednesday for Thursday, February first. We're in a new month, getting close to the deadline. A lot to come. Deadline next week. Give us some more slop NBA gods. We're ready for it. But a whole lot to come between now and then, including some actual basketball games and all-star announcements. React to all of that and more here on the Just Basketball Show. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm Chris. That's Brendan. Enjoy the hoops.